Hey, welcome back to the second podcast from Second Place Church. We are crazy passionate about inspiring, empowering you to pursue putting Jesus home and others first in your life. We know that your life can change. You belong, and most of all, your story matters, which applies to this particular podcast today. If you are new with us, we release a new second podcast every week, and if it's helpful to you, we would love it if you would share it on all of your socials for all of your friends and invite them to come on over and Join the Second Place community. For more information about our church, head on over to secondplacechurch.com. That's all spelled out. No numbers in there. That site will open you up to everything happening at Second Place. My name is AP, and I'm here with my beautiful fiance. She does exist. <laughs> very true. Very true. Kayla, what are we doing today? Today, I am taking over the podcast. Yeah, you are. I am interviewing AP. Uh, that's right because this is the 100th episode special <laughs> i kind of can't believe that we've actually made 100 episodes of something most of them fizzle out around 75 well that is awesome yeah unless you're ben shapiro and you've literally made a thousand podcasts that is kind of insane that's crazy it kind of is yes so today we're flipping the podcast mm-hmm. and getting to know the host ap boo <laughs> no boo <laughs> boo and throw something at you. Fine. You can throw your, you can throw a Baxter at me. Oh, okay. Where'd he go? Oh, he's right next to you. Nice. He's behaving. Yes. So, just for the record, everyone see she does exist. She just <laughs> lives in South Elgin. So, it makes things hard to, like, actually, like, spend time doing this together. And right. come, going to church together because we live so far from each other. Like, figuring out premarital counseling. That's been fun. Always interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kayla. Yes. What are you into? What am I into? Well, you've actually gotten me into the world of podcasts lately. I've been That's listening. my fault? <laughs> That's your fault. Oh. So I've been listening to the Fierce Marriage podcast in preparation for our Fierce Marriage, right? Uh. <laughs> and then um, trying to get into those books. Like the Common Rule is the one that I'm reading right now. That's from the... The host of the other podcast, it was it right? Is. Yep. What's that podcast called? It's called In This Together. In This Together, yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty cool, trying to structure my life and make it revolve around God like it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. So that's the exciting stuff. AP, what are you into? Um, I'm, well, Avengers, yes. So for the record, <laughs> Kayla bought us Avengers t-shirts because we're going to go see Endgame tonight. Mm-hmm. Like probably we're going to eat dinner after this and then go see the movie so she's wearing her avenger shirt and then i'm gonna put my avenger shirt on because like i'm a child <laughs> no <laughs> something like that but what am i into man i've been working way too much i think as we all know but i'm still into like bmx and riding bikes and stuff i for those of you that have seen the evolution of kayla's bike on instagram i actually just got a new set of brakes for her bike they're from a company called colony and they are the colors oil slick so it's all like iridescent and stuff so i put that on so we can put bigger tires on and now her bike is pink tires nice and it looks so cool and it's sitting right next to us because i bring my bikes inside of my house because i'm a dork it's true yeah it's true i'm also into the fact that uh now that it's warmer out (laughs) just kidding it's snowing in april 
I uh, I've been able to take the motorcycle out, which has been a lot of fun, and I had to fi- had to fix that. I broke the gas cap like a silly goose, so I fixed that and changed the oil and trans fluid on it, and I've been riding it, which has been fun. And I was thinking about selling it, but then when I went to Cycle Gear, so I was telling you, they're like that car- that bike is so rare, I've never seen one in real life. You need to keep it, and later in life sell it for big money. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's a good point. Yeah, so I've just been big on, like, getting it cleaned up and stuff and making it, you know, look all pristine. And AP, how many bikes are in your garage? Technically five. (laughs) Yes, I'd say that is what you're into. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) It's kind of an obsession. Very true. Yes. That and Subarus. Yeah, I mean, you know what I want to do with Subarus. Yep. For those of you who have never heard of it, there's a company called Factory 5. They make kit cars, and if you get a WRX, you can combine the two and make a mid-mount rear-wheel drive sports car. I'm going to do this one day. I don't know when or how, but I will. The kit, as put together how I want it, is, I believe, $15,000. And then you buy a donor car for... It depends on the car between three and an eight grand you know hopefully find like a four grand one and you have basically a lotus elise at that point it's that sweet of a car for those that have any ideas of what i'm talking about i'm not one of them i know i'm sorry <laughs> i love you i love you too i want to now there's a few different types there's the 818r which is a race car i'm not going to do that the 818c which is a coupe but you're pretty much inside of the car with the engine no thanks and then the 818S, which is a um, it's a true sports car because it's convertible. It doesn't have a convertible top, but it has a removable soft top. So I'd want to do that one because, like, if you're going to build it, I, you just got to do it the right way, in my opinion. And that's, the, the, uh, I just think that the convertible top looks, or the convertible version just looks so cool. Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm rambling. I tend to do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. I love you. I love you too. You're the best. You're the best. So my first question for you, AP. Yes. If you were an Avenger, which one would you be? Oh my gosh, I would totally be Iron Man. <laughs> like that type of superhero I've always been a, been just fascinated with. Like there's a, sh- there's a show called Gundam back in the day. They, they had the original Gundam, then they had Gundam Wing. <coughs> They had a few movies. Um, right now they have a, what's it called, like Gundam Genesis or something, and it, and it's like it's like the next generation of kids that are coming up. Uh, I loved Power Rangers growing up. I might still watch it. Um, <laughs> uh, what was the other? Voltron, um, Transformers. Like I love all that stuff. Like the mechanical type of stuff. I would totally be Iron Man, Mega Man. That was another one of my favorites. Him and his counterpart, Zero. Yeah. 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 So I, I would definitely be Iron Man. What do you love about Iron Man? Um. Well, I don't love his arrogant attitude, <laughs> if I'm being perfectly honest. I'd be like like a, like a not douchey Tony Stark. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. I love the, char- the character of Tony Stark because he's like so unbelievably humbled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was actually just watching Iron Man 1 yesterday. I have no idea on. why that's on TV right now. 
it's not yeah like... i don't know it's not like endgame <laughs> is coming out or anything oh just right. kidding it's out now yes um by side note that movie's going to estimate estimated it's going to gross a billion dollars this weekend and we're a part of it yeah, yeah. <laughs> shamelessly might yes. i add um so yeah i i he was definitely humbled in the first one, which is good, but he still has a kind of a cocky attitude. Mm-hmm. I like my superheroes to be humble, yeah. but at the same time, like he's human. Like we we saw, uh, what was the DC one? Batman versus Superman. Yeah, that was hot garbage. <laughs> the thing that annoys me with Superman is that like he literally has no weakness. Weakness, and they're like, unless you have this radioactive piece of his planet, that's just stupid. Like. Yeah. He didn't even have that weakness before. Originally, he was just, like, invincible. I'm like, it's dumb. Are you a fan of Batman, then? It depends on the Batman. Yeah. Like, Christian Bale, when Batman Begins came out, I love that movie. Um, that that trilogy is incredible. Um, the Batman animated series, which is pretty much anime, mm-hmm. uh, that was... It actually was technically considered anime. Don't ask me why I know that. Um, but... Then, like, when you get in, like, the the 90s Batman, no. Mm-hmm. Or, like, I think my favorite one was, like, the, uh, oh, what was the original Batman's name? He became the, uh, Adam West. He was the original Batman for the, uh, show and original movie. And, in, and like, that, that one was just funny because, like, he, he's on the Bat Blimp. I know. And... A, jar, a shark jumps out of the ocean, clamps itself onto my leg. He's like, well, thank goodness I have my anti-shark spray. And he just like maces <laughs> the thing in the eyes and then it falls into the water and explodes. Awesome. That's just so cheesy. It is. But like, I love it all at the same time. But like, the Christian Bale Batman was amazing. Ben Affleck, um, you can't fire him soon enough. He's awful. Yeah. Who's Batman before Christian Bale? I don't even remember. No idea. Yeah, we're probably not missing out. The yeah. 80s Batman, that was just like dark and scary. Yeah. Yeah. I just liked in the, I think it was in Batman versus Superman when he's like, I'm just a rich guy who makes stuff. Oh, that was uh, Justice League. Oh, Justice yeah, League. Yeah. He, he was in like his big tank leg yeah. thing with Cyborg and he's <laughs> yeah. like, what's your superhero? He's like, I'm rich. Yeah, like it's kind of similar to Iron Man. I mean, like yeah. his superpower really is that he's rich, but at least he makes cool stuff. Well, like the thing that I've learned about like Christian Bale's Batman is he went to school, or well, not went to school. He he went and trained to like be a samurai ninja type of a thing. So he still has to have some form of skills. His suits just enhance him. The Ben Affleck Batman is just like, yeah, I'm rich, whatever. <laughs> yeah, Tony Stark can still fight without the suit on. You still have to have, like, some skill. Like, yeah. I don't know. That's kind of my thought process. I like it. Yeah. Iron Spider, that's that's just, like, one of the... You're combining two of the best superheroes <laughs> ever. That is amazing. So are you excited about this movie today? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I am so pumped. And don't we get to see... Uh, oh, what's his name? The uh, Iron Patriot in it? I have no idea. I think he's I in it. I hope so. Yeah, because he had like the mecha legs, and like, I really haven't again. looked at anything about this movie. That's probably a good thing. So, I was good. like watching some stuff, and I'm like, these, all these theories are stupid and inaccurate. Yeah, I don't care. I'm excited. I'm excited too. Honey. So my next question for you. Okay. Um, 
is, is there a fun fact about you that most of the people listening to this podcast don't know? I don't know if I've talked about it at all on the podcast, but uh, when I was five, I uh, she's laughing. She knows what I'm going to. I uh, let's see here. When I was five, first I tried opening the garage door, which was made of glass and metal, and uh, it was so heavy that I gave myself a double hernia. Eek. And then I'm the reason that they have seatbelts and shopping carts because my mom <laughs> went to the jewel right by their house. And I was reaching for something, and I fell fell out of the shopping cart head first. She was so embarrassed, she didn't go back for three months. And then we found out I'm the reason that they have the laser at the top of the door instead of, like, the ba- black square that you step on. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Orland Park Sockery <laughs> has the black square you still step on, Uh-oh. and it's hilarious. Are you like, I'm, I'm in danger? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm seriously. Because <laughs> when I was five, like, I, I was, I, my mom was, like, ahead of me, and I started running. And, like... You know, five-year-olds can't run, so I'm running head first, and I run over the black square somehow, and the automatic door shuts on my head, and then my mom hears a child screaming. She's like, it's not possible. It can't be him, and she turns around, and it's me and my head stuck in the automatic door. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah, and then my brother and I were getting ready to see Home Alone, the original one, when it first came out. Yeah. I mean, that's what we're talking about here. And uh, we were playing catch in the bathroom, and I slipped and fell off the toilet i was standing on the toilet i wasn't like <laughs> peeing or anything but i slipped and fell off the toilet that i was standing and bounced my head off the cast iron radiator and got 16 stitches in the back of my head oh boy all the injuries it explains pain. a lot doesn't it <laughs> well i think those stories are fitting to transition into our podcast here because i think you're an amazing person and all the experiences that have shaped you into this person um mm-hmm. I want people to know more about it because as I got to know you, I was just inspired by your story. So can you tell me about key experiences in your life that have really shaped you into the person that you are today? Um, key experiences. So the good, the bad and the ugly. Yeah. I think one of the first key experiences when I was going to the church that I grew up at, and I'm not going to say its name because I love them and I'm not here to rip on anyone. But um, for most people that listen to this podcast know I haven't had a very good relationship with my dad. Now, I say this knowing I love my dad, and I hope that we can have a conversation one day that is good, and he just lets it all out, whatever his problem is, no judgment, he just gets to be angry and honest. But um, for as long as I can remember, we have had such a crappy relationship and uh, I was trying to talk to somebody at the church I grew up at about it. And they're like, oh, well, you know, God put you there and you just need to minister to your dad. And I'm like, bro, I'm 15. Yeah. You, you can't put that on me, man. And um, yeah, I have no idea why I stuck around. You know, it's weird because I hear so many people that like leave a church and they're like, oh, well, Christianity's wrong because of all the people. And I'm like, I have every reason to use that excuse. But no, it's it, it's true because of God. Right. We as human beings get it wrong, as Jesus said. You know, the church should be filled with all the needing people. You know, the the uh, the the hospitals are filled with sick people. Why aren't the churches filled with spiritually sick people? Right. We're and all the problem. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And the problem is that I was fifteen. I was one of those spiritually broken people that needed 
that that needed that in their lives. Yeah. Uh, Kaylee needs a nap. <laughs> um. So I don't know. That really hit me in a hard way. Um. And then when I let's see here. A little bit after that, I went on a mission trip to Mexico with the church I grew up at, which actually was an amazing experience. And there was, honestly, God, like 400 of us met up there from around the nation. There's probably 50 people from my church alone, if not more. And um, we literally rented out two hotels. Um, all of my church was together at one hotel. And I mean, there's so many people there. There's four dudes or four chicks to a room mm-hmm. sharing sharing a room you know two beds so you're, you're bunking together yeah you're, you're all yeah. bunking together you know there's literally that many people and i mean you're down there to work and you're down there to work hard so i sacrificed uh christmas and birthday present that year to go nice. um and i'm glad i did because like the family that i met there the family that I met there all three years were incredible um but like the first one was pretty impactful for me since I'd never experienced that. I mean, you're dry. We flew into San Antonio and then and then we drove down there the rest of the way. So we flew into San, fly in San Antonio, and beautiful city. And you know, you pick up the buses and or the the vans and you get to the border. Um, border is a scary place. Yeah, lots of people, lots of guns. Uh, honestly. Lots of prostitution, lots of drugs, and it's all right there in front of you. No one's doing anything about it. The border is a very scary place. And so we crossed the border into a city called Reynosa. Um, I mean, Texas side, it looks like what we have here, you know, what we're looking out the window at. It's it's nice. It's calm. The neighbors get along for the most part. You know, there's some nice houses and stuff. And then you get to Mexico side, and I'm literally watching a building falling apart. Wow. Like... I don't even know how to describe it. It was, uh, you cross the border and it's literally a different world. But the border itself is a very scary place to be. Um, you didn't need a passport to go there at the time. Oh. You just needed a birth certificate, which is not a form of photo ID, so I don't really understand how that works. But now you need a, either a passport or a, pat, or a North American passport card, which, funny story. Carry <laughs> a passport card on you, because if you ever get carded and handed to them, they stare at you. And they're like, I don't know what this is. It's fine. And they're oh, like, just. You mean like on our first date? When I had a ticket. <laughs> and so I didn't have my license. And you're like, is everything okay? <laughs> like, yeah. So how's life going? <laughs> I was like, right now I'm with you. So it's great. But other than that, it could be a little bit better. Uh, yes. I remember that. And then you're like, I'm selling my house right now. I'm like, where are you moving? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's 100% accurate, yeah. That's accurate. Everything about what you just said is spot on. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Anyway, so you were in Reynosa. Yeah, so we get to Reynosa, Mexico, and um, we, uh, we we finally get to the hotel, and, like, it, this might sound weird, but if when you're that close to the equator, that far south into Mexico, it feels like the sky is farther from you, if that oh. makes any sense. Interesting. And it actually makes sense because it's a centripetal force. When the Earth is spinning, that part of the Earth is actually larger than the part that we're at here in Chicago. So the sky actually actually is farther away from you. So that like that was yeah I'm I'm 18. Right. That was kind of surreal to like experience that. And so 
We spent the night there. Now, um, Mexicans are very literal, I found out, because they were like, you know, we found out what you guys are doing here. We love it. Thank you. What What do you want for breakfast? Mm-hmm. And, they're, and we were like, can we get bacon and eggs? So they literally cooked bacon and eggs together in a big pot. Okay, uh-huh. here's the thing. <laughs> At first, you're like, oh, my gosh, it's going to be like goulash. And then they put it on the plate. You're like, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> That's not like that looks amazing. And then you start eating. You're like, why didn't I put my bacon in my egg sooner? Yeah, it, it's, it was delicious. Aww. Seriously. Um, but yeah, so we get in the vans the next morning. We start heading in. There's honest to God. Uh, probably it's probably 18 vans total carrying all the people that were going there to actually uh, work and uh, we get in there and it's kind of funny because I think what a lot of people know all the racial slurs on the planet so like as we're rolling in you know all the kids are like banging on the side of the thing and they're, they seem all excited and they're like gringo gringo and everybody's <laughs> like they're happy to see us and I'm like they're calling you white trash oh no <laughs> <laughs> like, that's yeah. gringo's not a compliment. No, it's, uh, I can think of a few synonyms for other people, <laughs> yeah. but I'm not gonna say those because that'd be bad. Right. Yeah. So uh, they're calling us gringos and stuff, and uh, we, uh, we we get in there and like we we show up and like the family that you know we were assigned to like insanely grateful. They like come running up to us. They're hugging us. They're saying things in Spanish, and I don't know Spanish, so I felt bad. <laughs> Um, I just remember the uh, son's name was Jorge, yeah, mm-hmm. which, as we all know, is Spanish for George. They had a dog named Beatty. I yeah. know the look on Kayla's <laughs> face right now because I've told the story before. Of um, later on that week, uh, Jorge came up to me and he and he's like, "Hey, you know, like whatever Spanish for it, whatever is Spanish for eat." And I'm like, I get across to him like, "What is?" He's like, "Pedo taco." And I'm like. No, 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 gracias. Oh, oh Beatty. Yeah. Oh. So they, they cooked Beatty. Oh, that's terrible. It's perfectly normal to have stray dogs. They're down there, though, and do that. Yeah. And because that's what they live in. Now, we get there, and they're mm-hmm. super excited. And uh, their house is literally a pool liner with a piece of PVC pipe holding up the middle of it. And a bunch of um, pallets were lining it. And it, like, stapled. It was, like, stapled to it, so it didn't go anywhere. That's what they lived in. That's crazy. A mom, it was a it was a grandmother, a mom, a son, and a daughter, and then her the the mom's husband um, worked somewhere on the west coast of Mexico and would literally just mail them money every week, wow, so that they could stay afloat, and that's how they lived. They didn't have a car. They wore the same clothes every single day. Yeah, that's just how it was, and so we showed up. We built a house. It house. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, it's kind of nice because we say, like, you know, just let us do our thing. Once it's all done, we let you in type of a thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, tears galore once they walk in their house for the first time. You yeah. know? I can't even imagine. Yeah. So at 18, how did that really impact you, seeing the way that these people were living and um, in comparison to, like, how we live here? Nobody in America has a single reason to complain. Yeah. And I, I really, there's something that I truly loathe. Hmm. Whenever people are like, oh my gosh, I get it now. You didn't stay in that pool liner house. Right. You don't get it. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. I experienced, it was an amazing experience. I needed, to, I needed to do experience. We're a poverty. I still don't get it. Right. You know? That, that, that's the big thing. I still don't understand. I still don't know what it's like. 
But it definitely gives you perspective and probably makes you a lot more grateful for what we have here. Yeah. And yeah. and to really give you even more perspective, those aren't the poorest people on the planet. Right. How much worse can it get if these people live in a pool line or how? I mean, it gets worse when knowing there's people in Africa that like they just live in a mud field. There's people in Africa that literally live in dumps. Yeah. Literally live in sewage garbage garbage dumps. Right. I mean, there's people here that don't have a home either. You know. Yeah. So it's definitely a perspective, but. I'm glad you got to experience that yeah. when you were 18, so young. Yeah. It, awesome. These people are so grateful for it. They don't take anything for granted because the second year that I went, we showed up and it was a married couple with, the with, I think, three kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got there and the, and the dad had scrounged up enough money to buy a tool belt and a hammer. And he's like, I'm helping. Oh. Like, yeah. th- these people want it. And... They're not just going to take it for nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, they're going to love it. They're going to take care of it. And they want to be a part of building it. Yeah. These were amazing people. And at the same time, um, I had to kind of be the voice of reason with with a lot of the younger people that went with us. Because, um, like, they literally lived in a field that used to be a brick company. Hmm. And it's a dirt field. There's not even grass. There's nothing there. It's literally just a bunch of clay. And so every once in a while, like a Mustang or Monte Carlo with like blacked out windows will roll through. And people, yeah, the look on your face says it all. You grew up in Elgin. And that's right. <laughs> and, and so people are like, what's that? I'm like, those are drug dealers. They're like, how do you know? I'm like, brand new car, big rims, blacked out windows. Those are drug dealers. And yeah, they looked over they're like, oh my gosh. Drugs are coming out of the car. Yes, those are drug dealers. Very good. Or um, another kind of surreal thing that not a lot of people experience is when the uh, we saw like a little um, like Mexican soccer team. It was a bunch of kids, mm-hmm. but they all had shaved heads, except their bangs were kind of long and dyed blonde. And they're like, "What's up with the hairstyle?" I'm like, "That's a gang." They're like, "Those are those are eleven year olds." Yeah, yeah, that's a gang. That's some scary crap. That's true. I saw it firsthand. Like, thinking about it, yeah, those kids could probably come kill me and nobody would ever know. Right. Or we went to a uh, a mall there. It's not like Orland Mall. It's not like, where do we usually go by you? The big one. Woodfield. Woodfield Mall. Mm-hmm. It's not that. No. This is like all outdoor. You're haggling. Like, it's a good time, but it's easy to get mugged. Right. And there's this one girl who was wearing, like, short shorts and a spaghetti strap type of tank top and i'm like don't wander off and put a jacket on or yeah. a sweatshirt or something she's like why i'm like do you want to be raped and murdered pretty much yeah she's like well i'm i'm mex i'm part mexican and i'm like all the more reason <laughs> right <laughs> what are you doing yeah put some clothes on yeah now um so being the voice of reason wasn't fun yeah well i'm glad you were there with them me too um so let's see here next uh next key experience key experience was um i was 21 and uh i had dumped somebody that i never had any business dating because she was a terrible person and 
No, it wasn't you. I, I said that's the problem. It wasn't me. Oh, yes. Yes, you're right. The problem is that it wasn't you. I agree 100%. Oh, my goodness. Um, everything about that statement is correct. Yes. Um, so, yeah, because of that, I had like lost a bunch of friends. Now, kind of a weird experience. I've gained and lost more Christian friends than I've had fr- than I had friends growing up. Yeah. I'm not going to start ripping on Christianity though, because we're not perfect, and I think that like we as Christians we do hold each other to a higher standard, which is good. Yeah. But I had broken up with her. I basically had no friends at this point, and um, yeah, that's about when I started struggling with thoughts of suicide. I don't like talking about this, but, um, yeah, I was driving my Civic that I had, which was basically a street legal go-kart. I think that your rider lawnmower that you're trying to sell <laughs> has more horsepower. Oh, boy. Um, like, if I was in third gear going uphill, I'd start losing speed. That's how slow the car... It, my motorcycle literally has more horsepower than this car did, and it was a car. But it was cool. No. No, it wasn't cool. I could make it cool if I still had it, but uh, it mine wasn't cool. I'm no. not. I'm totally not in denial of it. Okay. It was, it was rough, but it, it went from A to B and got like 35 miles to the gallon. Mm-hmm. Can't be that. But anyways, so I'm driving that car. The only thought that I had was like, hmm, I should just drive into oncoming traffic. That'd probably fix a lot of things right now. Yeah. Kayla's shaking her head no. Um, so, I mean, I was crying. I was distraught. It was not a fun experience. So I was, the only thing that I was listening to in the car on repeat was I can only imagine from Mercy Me, the acoustic version. And, um, I was praying and I don't know. I was like, God, just take my life. I'm, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh. What was that in the Bible? Elijah or Elisha that just walked into glory, as they say. He just, like, kind of vanished and was with God then. Mm-hmm. Kind of hoping for that. I realized that that probably wasn't going to happen. And God's like, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, take, your, I'll take your life. God being funny with his semantics, <laughs> <laughs> using the same verbiage that I did, meaning something else. Um, God holds true to his promises, and I, I don't know what that looks like yet and it's been 12 years yeah and i'm like i mean that because um well back to that part of the story as god saying that to me i felt just an overwhelming calm and peace that i can't describe anything other than just the holy spirit consuming me and there's just no other explanation for it. Yeah. Everything was okay. I mean, like, my life sucked, but everything was okay. Yeah. And I think that that's, like, the part, that's the most awesome part of being a Christian. But most people think when they go into being a Christian, like, oh, nothing's ever going to be wrong. Like, I'm never going to feel sadness. But that's not the situation, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, you'll still go through hard times. But when you do, you know, you've got God with you. Yeah. Quite frankly, I would think that the... Is this your water? You can have it. This one's not open. Mm-hmm. I'm thirsty. Okay. But anyways, um, 
Yeah, the complete opposite is true, actually. Quite frankly, I find that your life gets harder when you become a Christian. Right. Yeah. It's accurate. Yes. But, I mean, I think that that peace or that calm that you're talking about, it's something that you only experience with God. Yes. So although your life is harder, you can feel more tremendous peace in being with God than anybody else. Yeah. Yeah, you got that right. Yeah. Um, so for a long time, even after that, I felt like God's calling was in my life. Um, I finished on my bachelor's degree, and then I started working in a company called uh, AMS Mechanical Systems. I ended up in the nuclear division, preferred metal technologies. When I was there, though, I actually started going to seminary. And, um, you know, it's weird because, like, it brought me closer to God, and yet it kind of shattered a lot of my views on the modern Christian church. Because, like, I had what I... I'm not saying anything about the, bad about the man. He was so wise and truly did have an answer for most everything. Sometimes the answer was, why don't you go find out? You know, do your research type of thing, which, quite frankly... As a theologian, that is a good answer to I a like student. Mm-hmm. But um, the the amazing things in there, I, I did like the personality tests, and um, they uh, they were actually like, hey, you know, I think that you would benefit from counseling, and I'm glad that I did that. Um, I met with this guy Steve Barney for a long time, who helped me out in a lot of different ways. But I think the big thing there was. Uh, one of my teachers said, like, what you say in the pulpit and, when, and what you say talking individually are two different things. And I'm like, why? Right. You know, because, I don't know, like, the guy was super intelligent and clearly knew everything that you possibly could about the Old, te- old, old Testament and, like, wrote books and stuff. I just had a problem with the way that they would tell you how to preach. Yeah. That, I, I don't know. I just didn't like it. That made me kind of upset. Um, and I wasn't silent about it. You know, I said something about it. He's like, well, you know, the, the, the masses aren't receptive to things. And I'm like, yeah, that's why Jesus was crucified. Yeah. Got to be honest about it, even if people don't like it. Yeah. Like you always say, speak the truth in love, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, that, that love part has to be there, though. That, right. That's, and I know I struggle with that. I, I need to work on my delivery of things. I tend to get mad about stuff and not know how to handle a situation well but i think you're great thank you you're the best <laughs> um but i think that that mentality brought about a whole another kind of brought about where we're kind of at mm-hmm. in the modern christian church of you don't want to offend the masses well if you're preaching the truth in love and you're offending the masses it sounds like the masses problem right and I think that a lot of churches have that problem. Yeah. I think a lot of places, like, people don't know the difference between conviction, like feeling convicted with themselves and being offended. They just know, like, eh, this message, it doesn't, doesn't settle perfectly with me. Yeah. But, you know, conviction is a good thing, yeah. I think. And uh, I don't think it equals being offended. Yeah. So, you know. I agree, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So you went to seminary. Any other key experiences? Yeah. Um, let's see here. After that, man. 
I'm just trying to make sure I'm not missing any key experiences. There's certain ones that I omit out of respect to my family. Yeah. Because um, I really do love them. and I'll talk individually to people. I don't want to broadcast it, though. Right. Um, I think the key experience after that would be... Uh, Well, getting married. Mm -hmm. That was, uh... That was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Because, um... Actually, let's run a tiny bit. So I was seeing that counselor, Steve Barney. Mm -hmm. And, man, I can never forget the look on that guy's face. He was actually originally from the uh, San Francisco Bay Area. Um, And the dude is amazing. He he was originally a... Kayla's smiling. What are you doing to your dog? Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) So, just so that everybody on the podcast knows, Kayla and Baxter are more like brother <laughs> and sister than they are, like, Kayla, like, master and an animal with the way that, like, like, you're mad at him, and then you're like, <laughs> you might put me so much, and you're, like, cuddling him, and then you're, like, messing with him, and, like, throwing stuff at him. Well, he's adorable. If anyone doesn't know what Baxter looks like, please see my Facebook page because he is... Uh, that's li- my entire Facebook page. There's literally nothing else <laughs> on your Facebook page. Yeah. It's true. He's very... He's like a model dog. Yeah. Can't stay mad at him for long. Yeah. Although he does get quite irritating sometimes. Yeah. Like when it's like 3 o'clock in the morning and he starts barking at a raccoon or something. Right. Yeah. Where, where is he? He's just, he's just laying um, here. He's just behaving. He's just laying in the floor. Yes. He's adorable. He's beha- yeah, he is behaving for once. So you were seeing Steve Barney. Yeah, and yeah. he was a something. You didn't. Finish. He was originally a chemical engineer, and <laughs> yeah. then he's like, I want to help people, and so he started going to school and became a counselor. Nice. And you know, I I would talk to him about my family and like a lot of a lot of my life experiences, and um, and talking to him, the the guy the guy was a father. He had two kids. Mm-hmm. Um, they were. I was probably 24, 25 at the time. They were, um, his, his kids were, I think, 17 and 19 at the time. His son was older. And so, you know, he had been through, like, 90% of the major things for adolescence with his son at this point. Well, adolescence, early adulthood and college and stuff. He had been through, like, all the major stuff that we probably would have covered. And so, in telling him how it was with my family... Never forget the look on that guy's face. He he just like cut me off mid-sentence. He's like, listen to me. You were wronged. You're hurt. And that's okay. You're allowed to be hurt. Yeah. And in this room, you get to be hurt. And we get to talk about it. You get to acknowledge what's been done to you. I think that's awesome. Yeah. It was especially awesome because like he's a dad and he was explaining to me. He's like, I've had so many times where I go to my son and daughter and he's like, hey. I messed up. I'm really sorry. So, like, coming from him, him, like, it was just the most genuine, one of the most genuine things that's ever been said to me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's very cool. Yeah. I think so often now it's just, like, people don't acknowledge the hurt or the things that we're going through. You know, you get maybe, like, an ingenuine, like, it'll be okay, (laughs) you know. Oh, don't worry. Once we start talking about divorce stuff. (laughs) Let me tell you. I mean, I've been there, been there right with you. I, I but know. most people don't acknowledge on the day-to-day basis, like, hey, it, it's okay to hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay to feel your feelings. It's, you know, it's not necessarily, it's not okay to take them out on other people, but it's okay to be hurt. Yeah. Yeah. 
I agree. That's exactly. What, and the hard part is when you're finally convinced, like, I'll just stuff them down and we'll go away eventually. No. 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 They'll they come just come back. out, like, ten times angrier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, since you don't get to talk about it. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I did. I was, I was dating my ex at the time. And I found myself venting to him about stuff that she would do. And, I mean, I was only dating her at the time. And he was saying to me how, um, it's like, no, that's wrong. That's a double standard. She shouldn't be treating you like that. And he's like, I'm not comparing her to a dog or anything. But you need, you know, she needs to be trained to know she doesn't get to treat you that way. Because that's wrong. Yeah. So that should have been my first sign. <laughs> yeah. So instead, I was dumb enough to propose to her and get married to her. Um, that was... A lot of that was just very rough experiences that are... When I, you know, talk about them and relive them, I want to just, like... I don't know. Grab a bat and, like, some glass and just, like, break stuff. Yeah. Because it was just so enraging. Um, lots of double standards and stuff, but the, uh, well, then people telling me that I, I took too long and I was like, no, like to like propose and stuff. No, no, no it's, it's my choice. Right. Get over it. Now, if you, if it's been like seven years or something, guys, you're waiting too long. You're a wuss, but. Well, like maybe why are you waiting that long? Exactly. You know, that's a, definitely a choice that you don't want to rush into. There's something wrong. There's some Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yes. That was hilarious. It was. So nobody knows what we're talking about right now. We went to uh, Mitsua, which is like the greatest Asian market in the Chicagoland area. I absolutely love that place, yeah. and um, we we went there to get a. Who, who do you get a good for? Karen? Karen. Yeah. yeah. And so we're just like hanging out. We picked up some lunch and... Um, to put it in perspective, this place is closer to where I live. It's in Much Schaumburg. closer. Yeah, yes. much closer. So more in the area of people that I know. Yeah. Yeah. So there was this dude there that she actually went to college with um, named Dennis. And she's like, hey, hey, Dennis, how are you? And I'm like... Oh, this is going to be hilarious. Because <laughs> she had told me about Dennis before. De- Dennis, he's what, like 40-something now? Yes, and I've been out of nursing school for eight years, to put that in perspective. So yeah. when we ran into him, probably, what, seven and a half or so. Yeah. Yeah. So he, just so that everybody understands, he's significantly older than Kayla is the point, because Kayla's 29 right now. He's in his early 40s. Yeah. And... He was, like, hitting on her at one point, trying to date her. And she's like, no. (laughs) So, like, once she said his name, I was like, oh, this is going to be funny. (laughs) And and so he comes over, and we're talking to him, and he starts, like, complaining about his now ex-girlfriend. And I have a big mouth, as many people know. And he says something along the lines of, yeah, yeah, she was crazy. And I'm like, well, what made her crazy? He's like, she want to, like, get married and have babies. And I was like... Are you sure you're not crazy? Well, I think the the part was, you know, well, how long were you guys together? And it mm. was it was something crazy, like six or seven years yeah. or like that. And, you know, oh, yeah, she was crazy. She wanted to get married. And we're like, well, I think that's pretty normal. I mean, she was like in her early 30s or something. Uh, yeah. And was like 
so are we doing this thing or what? Like, yeah. Is there a point to this or no? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was. That was funny. That w- I really love that experience. That was so funny. Yeah. Seriously. It was fun. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So I had met my ex. We dated for two years. We were engaged for one year. And then we got married. And we were married for two and a half years. Um, let's see here. Key moments throughout that. Um, one of the key moments in there was um, she called herself a Christian, but she never wanted to change. Yeah. And don't ever get into a relationship you can you thinking you can change someone that's not where I'm at. Yeah, right. that wasn't where I was at. I was never looking to change her, but that doesn't mean that you can't tell the person, "Hey, when you do this, it bothers me," and I'd really appreciate if you didn't do that. Right. Um, that's perfectly viable, and if they ever tell you otherwise, you should probably uh, rethink your choice in who you're dating. Yeah. To put it like in a kind manner. So. Um, like I said, she, now, what I mean by she didn't want to change was she claimed that she wasn't like that anymore, but she was totally acting like that. And what, what's Baxter doing? Nothing. <laughs> you just sometimes get this grin on your face. I'm like, what are you doing to your dog? Have you seen his face? He's, he is adorable. Yeah. But yeah, so she had claimed that she had been a lifelong Christian and stuff, but then she'd tell me about like, how she had like she went to ISU. For the record, that's one of the biggest drinking schools in the nation. It's the real school. You get a real education, but it's it's notorious for for having people that drink way too much, uh, way too often. And so she like she told me how she had parties and like just invite a bunch of dudes. And I'm like, oh, that's great. Please stop talking. She, and she was like in love with this one dude and totally in denial of it. And um, so he. Nothing. Oh, it's one of my neighbors being weird, probably. No. Okay. Um, she she was like talking to the dude on the phone the one time, and he starts talking to me. He's like, he's like, yeah, you know, you want to hear about our drunken antics? And I'm like, we're done. Yeah. No thanks. I'm, I'm not. I'm not talking to you about this. And I guess he told her, he's like, oh, I get the feeling that he doesn't like me. And I'm like, you're right. I don't. I don't like it. I don't want to hear about this type of crap. You call yourself a Christian, and this is how you act. Am I am I missing something? Yeah. Um, so, let's see here, the, uh, so because of that, she had a, uh, a bar crawl shirt, and I was like, can you just not wear that? Yeah. I asked her several times. She kept doing, she's like, it's comfy. Oh. There's many other comfy shirts. Let's yeah. go buy a new one. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and, like, I'm not trying to, like, complain or anything right now. Like, this is a big experience. Like, this is a defining experience in her relationship, because this should have been assigned to me. You probably shouldn't be dating this person if they can't do something as simple as not wear a shirt. Right. And so, um, one I, of her brother. I don't want to interrupt you, but yeah. it, you tell me something that you learned about jealousy during that time. You always you have. Oh. I really love the, your thought about jealousy. So um, jealousy is good, and um, uh, envy is bad. Yeah. I actually said this on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Um, Jealousy is good. First Corinthians thirteen doesn't say um, love is not jealous. It says lo- love, love is not envious. There's a bit. There's a big difference. Jealousy is actually good, and you shouldn't be jealous of your um, significant other. You should be jealous for your significant other. So I was jealous for her desire, right, to please me as a significant other. Mm-hmm. Which let me tell you, that was silly of me, <laughs> but. No, you, you're right, and, and that and that was a big thing. So it was twofold. One, 
you want to do nothing but hang out with dudes. Like, right. what the heck? I'm not good enough for you? Mm-hmm. And yes, that's a perfectly legit thought. And then the other one was, y- you don't respect anything that I ask or that... Did he just, like, burp? He's... He's just growling a little. He's He's just participating in the conversation. Yes. Yes. Oh, Baxter. Hopefully he doesn't bark. He's pretty loud when he barks. Yeah. CD booby. But yeah, so I I was jealous for her to have a desire to actually want to put a smile on my face. Silly me. Mm -hmm. I know. That was was just dumb on my part. Mm -hmm. I'm very sarcastic for those that don't know. Um, (laughs) And so I, I remember one of her brothers lived in Florida at the time and uh i she thought that she could get away with uh going to florida without me and i'm like no so uh best friend tim actually worked at southwest at the time and he got me sweet deals on free plane rides nice and so i went down there to visit her she opens the door of her brother's apartment and she's wearing the shirt and i was like well i might as well just go home yeah like how many times do we have to have this conversation and so what I thought was going to be, like, an amazing weekend turned into me having another conversation and be like, what the heck? Yeah, if it makes me this upset, why can't you just, like, throw the shirt away so yeah. it's never a problem again? Like, what's more important, the shirt or the, you know, feeling of security for your significant other? Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, exactly. It, 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 I don't know. That was, that was just really frustrating. And... um by the way, if anybody knows what happened to her, tell her to go ahead and listen to this podcast. That'd be <laughs> oh <funny>. my goodness! <laughs> well, at one point a- after she disappeared, which we'll get to, uh, she told me not to talk about it, and I'm like, "No, I'm gonna talk about whatever I want to talk about. This is my life." But anyways, um, so yeah, she uh, kind of ruined that whole entire weekend. That was bad. Can't imagine why, right? Um, so like realistically, she had like nothing but guy friends and couldn't do something as simple as that. Cause there were things that she asked me to do and, and I'd be like, you know, I don't get it, but if it makes you happy, fine, I'll, I'll not do that or I'll do this other thing. That's fine. I don't care. You know? Yeah. Um, so that was kind of, that was a really big defining moment in my life. And those are the things that I would talk to Steve Barney about. And he's, and he's like, people don't like like it being described this way but that's abuse yeah that that is abuse um to to treat somebody like that it's uh now um so next one was we got married that was a very difficult situation because i i got mad because apparently she went out for a bachelor party and got like super hammered and i'm like oh okay i I get i guess we're not different even though you said you were your own words and um, then came probably one of the most devastating things that happened. And uh, two and a half months after we got married, we found out her dad had pancreatic cancer. A month after that, he was dead. Like, literally. Yeah. It was that fast. He se- seemed perfectly healthy. All of a sudden, he can't eat. Send him into chemo, and he's gone in a month. Oh, boy. Dexter, what's out there? He wants his dinner. Oh. Go ahead and... Okay. Go you keep talking. Okay, I'll that sounds good. I have plenty of, th- I have plenty of things to talk about. Don't worry. But yeah, so the, he really was like such an amazing dude, and what made it so difficult was the fact that like 
This came out of nowhere. Nobody expected it. And then he's just gone. And so, um, what my count, my current counselor and I believe is the problem is that instigated a, there's different types of personality disorders, like psychopath and sociopath personality disorders are the same thing, but psychopath you're born with, sociopath is developed. Narcissism, narcissism is something that can be developed and brought on by a traumatic event. Well, because of that, it really did instigate a very serious case of narcissist personality disorder in her. She just, any at one point, I mean, anything I said in a, in one ear and out the other, wanted to do nothing but hang out with other men. Got to the point of where she stopped wanting to hang out with me. She's sleeping in the other bedroom. Now this is over the course of like two two years. Yeah. And then what was that? Um. What year is it? 2019? Mm-hmm. December 19th, 2015, she was gone. Completely gone. Disappeared. I came home. Gone. Didn't tell me. Didn't tell anyone. Just disappeared. Mm. What, other, what other things are happening around December 19th? It's my birthday. Your birthday. It's my 30th birthday. Your 30th birthday. No big deal. What else happened on your 30th birthday? Did you get baptized? Oh, yeah. There was that. Yeah. 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 So after all that, it just disappears. Yeah. Yeah. That was... That was great. So, um... I got really good at drywalling. (laughs) Because, uh... I threw a pretty big temper tantrum at home that day. Understandable. I'm not proud of that, but I broke a bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then came, you know, the... Just ugliest fight ever the, I think the thing that made me so mad about it is she stopped paying her part of the mortgage um, you know she, she changed her address without telling me she thought that once she changed her address I changed the locks Right. which she's like well you can't do that and I'm like tell me why mm-hmm. well it's my house and I'm like then why aren't you paying for it well I don't live there okay right I'm not changing locks and she's like, I need my stuff. I'm like, no, you don't. Yeah. You don't need your stuff. You disappeared. Whatever you needed, you brought with you. Right. And, um, yeah, that just, that was the beginning of the most just vicious and cruel torture that I've ever been through in my whole entire life. Mm-hmm. Because she was just doing nothing but bad mouthing me and it was like relaying its way back to me. Yeah. Um, luckily, the best man in our wedding Ooh. is the best man that I've ever <laughs> met. He he called her. He he didn't call her out of frustration or malice. He called her just to be like, "What's you know what what's the story?" He yeah. as as you, you've said after listening to Fierce Marriage podcast, seek to understand. Mm-hmm. He called her to seek to understand because. I, I was talking to Matt Sidero, and Matt Sidero was like, you know, we're, what, wait, something's missing. I'm like, yeah. And I got to explain stuff to him, and I, he was on the phone with Dennis, and Dennis calls me, like, immediately. And he, has, he has a bone. <laughs> Back, Baxter's a dork. He, like, picks up a bone, starts chewing on it, like, in our faces. He, like, brings it over and puts his little snout up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's like, I'm so proud of myself. I'm chewing on the bone. Um, 
So yeah, Dennis calls her, not out of malice, just be like, what's going on? And, and she like gives this whole spiel about how I'm abusive, and Dennis goes, I know AP. None of what you just said is true. And quite frankly, it sounds like you're being abusive. And she hung up on him. Oh, Dennis, you're the best. Dennis is the best, and that's yeah. why he's going to be the best man in our wedding. He, he really, like, he truly stood up for me. Yeah. And, like, I am forever grateful to him for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the whole experience was just so mind-numbingly painful like you know I she disappeared won't talk to me I don't know what's going on yeah. I, I like I get mad I change the locks and so it got to the point where I'm like well, I need to go talk to a lawyer so I go talk to a lawyer by the way if you uh, are ever looking for a divorce lawyer don't go to Demetrius Del Mar in Orland um Sorry, dude. You were a terrible lawyer. I don't like. I don't care. Like he, he is extremely intelligent. Yeah. He knows the law inside and out. But he's looking to make money. That's it. Don't expect anything else out of him. I could probably go to the bar and have a drink with him. He's a nice guy. Mm-hmm. But from a business sense, I don't trust. I trust him as far as I can throw him. I can't throw him. <laughs> um. So. Long story short, with all that, that divorce cost me roughly twenty two thousand dollars. Insane. Twenty two thousand dollars that I didn't have. As you know, I'm still trying to pay this garbage off. Right. Then I bought a WRX that had some problems that I had to fix. That one's my fault. <laughs> I'm still trying to pay off this divorce garbage. Right. And it's been four years. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I eventually talked to him. And, the. This is a good time to talk about the four things I learned about divorce, sure. do you think? Okay. Yeah. So it's four major things that I learned about divorce. Um, and now I, I say these kind of in the order that you need to have an epiphany for. If you ever find yourself in this situation. Which we hope you don't. Yeah, seriously. Like, what I tell people is whenever people are like, oh my gosh, you can't imagine what you feel. And I'm like, I honest to God hope you never find out. Right. Because it was horrible. Okay, number one, God hates divorce. Mal- Book of Malachi, it says, I'm the Lord and I hate divorce. Nuff okay, said. glad we got that out of the way. <laughs> um, number two, um, uh, so many people have said to me, it feels like I'm being ripped in half on the inside. It's because you are. Mm-hmm. Scripture made it so unbelievably clear. The two become one flesh. That's it. Right. You are now joined with that person spiritually, whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. And when they leave, you are literally being ripped in half on the inside. So that's why your feelings, I mean, that's why people try to numb the feelings by doing drugs and drinking heavily and sleeping around. Like, I'm not saying that I get it. I'm not saying that it's right. But, like, I don't blame them. Yeah. Because it's so horrific to experience these feelings. It's true. Number three. There's no good reason for divorce. Emphasis on the word good. Because I've heard people say, oh, no, there's good reasons for divorce. Like, there's this person, Amber, that I know who lives in Hawaii. Um, her and her divorce got, her and her husband got divorced for good reason. Yeah. Well. For not good reason. For, yeah. For. It's justified. Because mm-hmm. she's like, well, he was abusive. And I'm like, that's not a good reason to get divorced. It's the correct reason to get divorced. But it's not good that he was abusive towards you. Right. I'm genuinely sorry that he was. That was wrong. So the, the, the point is, 
Actually, um, to kind of build on that point of there's no good reason for divorce, um, my counselor said to me, divorce in and of itself isn't necessarily a sin. Mm-hmm. It's a reaction to a sin. You, it's the flourishing of sin, as she puts it. It is, you're repeatedly doing the sin and you won't stop. Right. So this is the only outcome that makes sense right now. Yeah. And unless you change your behavior, we have to go with this outcome even if I don't want to. Right. And that's where I was. So point number four, you have no business being in another relationship if you try to reconcile. Because my ex left me for someone. Mm-hmm. She left me for some... I don't care if it's a church podcast. She left me for some douche <laughs> whose dad was a lawyer. Yeah. Which that was actually another pinnacle mo- moment in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I knew this kid's name and he told me his dad's a lawyer and he owns his own law firm up in Rockford. So I called his dad. Yeah. And his dad, like I explained what's going on. I'm like, bro, you know, I'm a man. I'm an adult and I'm talking to you man to man. I don't care how much older you are than me. I don't care how much life experience you have me. We're on the same plane right now. And he's like, yeah, I hear you. And he actually talked to that kid, yeah. you know, his son. And that kid got mad at me, I guess. And was like, don't talk to my family. I'm like, don't talk to my family. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> yeah, he, uh, his dad was intelligent. He was not. He's an idiot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I called his dad. And I'm like, I know you can't control your son, but I think he needs good. Uh, I think he needs good scolding. And he's like, "I'd say so." He's like, "Are you aware of the fact that he left? His, are you aware of the fact that he left his wife?" And his dad's like, "I was told they were having problems. I didn't know they left." I'm like, "Yeah, he's living at his at his. Bu- I'm not going to dox anyone here. Yeah, he's living at his buddy's house. Oh, by the way, his but that buddy's wife got mad at him, and and she loved him too. Yeah. Three divorces because of these two people. Yeah." The trail of destruction, for yeah. sure. Exactly. Yeah. So, um... I really like um, one thing that I think a lot of people ask is, like, well, have you forgiven her? And I like your response that it's a daily thing that you have to do. Yeah. Because it's true. And it gets easier and easier and easier every single day. Yeah. Because, I mean, like... I kind of weird i get paid monthly at my job mm-hmm. i understand why they do it though it really does cost a lot less because we outsource it to a to a payroll company mm-hmm. a lot of companies do that it's normal yeah you know we're not big enough to have our our own accounting department mm-hmm. but every single time like i start paying all this debt and i'm like four years later and i'm reminded of this every single day and i'm pretty much a slave to work right now because of it yeah i have to forgive her then too Right. And kind of going along with that, something that I learned that I I don't think a lot of people realize and want to accept is if you want a man to truly move on, mm-hmm. he's not going to be able to unless he has something to move on to. Yeah. And what I mean by that was, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you got to be single for this long after your ex leaves and blah, blah, blah. Now... I do want to clarify something. I was faithful to God. I was not dating anyone as long as I was legally married because the divorce itself took over. It took like a year and a half. Yeah. What should have been literally a one week process took a year and a half because she was fighting every single way. She, it, it got so bad. Um, she and her lawyer kept skipping court dates. Yeah. yeah Kayla's shaking her head rightfully so. <laughs> um, so 
her and her lawyer kept kept skipping court dates, and uh, the lawyer, the 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 um, judge issued a uh, summons, mm-hmm. saying if you don't show up, he literally gets everything, and you you have no right to ask for anything. All of a sudden, they show up. Way to get it done. Yeah, um, I still got screwed in there, but right. Um, yeah, I mean, like I look at my savings account, and I have to forgive her. Yeah. I had probably twenty grand in there at one point. I have one thousand dollars left. Yeah. It's cost me so much, and I'm just so sick of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So back to my point of like, a guy needs a reason to move out. So, so many of my friends said to me, "You got to be well." Not so many, like certain friends, specifically ones who also went through divorces, mm-hmm. like Indiana Jones. Yeah. He's actually been through two divorces. I trust his opinion over. Almost anyone else's. Not yours, because, like, you're the best. <laughs> no. Um, I trust his opinion more than pretty much anyone else's, because his first divorce was his fault, and he admits it. Yeah. Or, I'm, wait. I'm, get, I'm sorry. I'm getting it backwards. The first divorce, he really tried. It, you know, he wasn't perfect, but he genuinely tried. He had, you know, he had some issues, too, but it was mostly her. The second divorce, he's like, it was 100% my fault. I shouldn't have let it happen. That yeah. was on me. Mm-hmm. He So he, he covers the whole gamut of divorces of, you know, her being crazy and leaving to him being a jerk and it 100% his fault. Yeah. I trust his opinion about this stuff more than anyone's. But the only re- only place where I disagreed with him was when he said to me, like, you got to be single for like two years or something. I'm like, no. Yeah. Like, I, I know what God wants because... Um, <laughs> one one of the funniest things ever said to me, Pastor Josh, if you ever listen to this, I love you. But he said to me, he's like, well, you know, the Apostle Paul said that singleness is, is a gift. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I don't have that gift. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so, like, I mean, I you know, I was, I hated being alone, but I wasn't going to just latch out of the first person that I met. I'd meet people and be like, wow, you're not interesting at all. I'd rather <laughs> just be single, you know? Like, so yeah. the point is, I knew that I was in a healthy spot of like, I missed the companionship. I didn't miss my ex. Right. Quite frankly, I, I found myself thanking God that she was gone at one point because she was so emotionally abusive to me. Yeah. <clears throat> but then I knew I was in an emotionally healthy spot where I was like, I missed that companionship. Really wish she didn't, she didn't leave. But still thank God that I don't have to deal with that abuse. But I hate being single. Because like so many people I know are like, oh my gosh, it was awesome. I loved being single again. I loathed it more than anything. Yeah. And so after the divorce is finalized, I'm like, I'll give this whole online dating crap a try. Not that that's where we met. No, no, no. <laughs> we met on Christian Mingle. It works. I'll admit it. But the point is... Um, I was still like brooding about that on the inside mm-hmm. until I met you and we started getting to know each other. And like, that's when I had that epiphany of like, man, unless you kind of have the ability to share that experience with a new significant other and yeah. truly let it go and be in a healthy relationship where you treat each other right. You never really get over it as a man. I it might be different for women. I don't know. I'm not going to make that. I'm not going to make 
make a statement about that. But I guess, man, realize, no, you, you need a reason to just say, whatever, it's the past and I don't care anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Answer the original question, though. Yes, I have to choose to forgive the person daily. Otherwise, it just eats you alive. Right. And that's that's been the hardest part. Um, pastor Shannon, Shannon's a guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the youth pastor of the church I grew up at. Uh, I, I got to see him because, sadly, pa- uh, Dave Oberg died. Which, by the way, probably about as wise as uh, King Solomon. Hmm. And, it, like, I'm not trying to say that to be funny. Like, he was honest to God the, the wisest man that I ever met. He uh, he could, he was able to break down stuff down and make it so simple. Like, I was talking to him one time, and he just said, you know, God has no grandchildren and only children. Yeah. And then you start thinking about it, you're like, wow, that's that's so simple but deep. Yeah. And then sure. your mind just explodes because you're so <laughs> smart. So, sadly, Dave Oberg passed away, and so Pastor Shannon came in town to uh, pay his respects and stuff. He lives in Kansas City, I think, right now. Nice. And um, so I saw him, and he was asking me, you know, asking me about it. He's like, well, did you forgive her? And I'm like, I don't. I don't know if you know what forgiveness is if you're asking that question. Yeah. Because I have, every single day I wake up, I have to choose. Okay, you're forgiven. You you have no business being in my life. Because I think that that's the big part of, of forgiveness. Forgive and forget literally doesn't exist. Right. You have to acknowledge what they did in order to forgive them. Which leads into my fourth point that I said earlier of you have no business being in another relationship if you don't try to reconcile. Now, I did try to reconcile. I did everything that I could to save the marriage. She didn't want to. Which, to my understanding with scripture, she has no business being in another relationship unless she were to find a, try and find a way to truly apologize to me and truly seek forgiveness. Because her, as you know, her big saying was, uh, I'm sorry you feel that way. In other words, see things my way or shut <laughs> up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which, as we both know, is horribly, it's horribly not, wrong. Not great, not great. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, if you're going through a divorce and uh, it's your fault, uh, you don't belong in another relationship ever again. Yeah. Um, you know, it... I think scripture is pretty clear on a, on a lot of things, and it says if you leave your spouse, you're cheating on him, yeah. even if you get, go through a divorce. Mm-hmm. Cause that was probably my, it's probably one of my, my funniest lines in the Bible of when um, somebody's talking to Jesus about divorce, and he's like, Jesus, you know, Moses said that I could get a divorce, and Jesus' response was basically like, Yeah, he told you to document your sin. Yeah. Literally. You write a divorce decree while you're getting a divorce. You're literally just documenting your sin. That's it. Nothing else. Right. So that was probably my favorite response. Yeah. In the Bible. Anyway, so those are the key things in my life. That was pr- that was like an hour long. <laughs> me just ranting. I'm sorry. Uh, I love it. I think that there's a lot of great things to take from your story. Um, and God was kind of woven throughout your whole story. So can you tell me a little bit about how your relationship with God started and how it's changed through the years? So it started when I was really little. And uh, when I was pretty little, things were already kind of rough with my parents. Yeah. I can't remember, like, what age. 
Mm-hmm. But I remember I was like super little laying on my bedroom floor and I was like, God, I need you in my life, dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, my sister wasn't even born yet. That's how long yeah. ago. For those that don't know, my sister's literally a decade younger than me. My brother's four years older than me. We are all from the same parents, surprisingly. Yeah. Um, but my sister wasn't even born yet. That's how long ago it was. And so wh- what I find interesting is that... Um, so... <laughs> Bax is chewing his bone on the couch, which is kind of gross. And so Caleb just threw it on the floor. And he's like, eat, eat it on the floor. <laughs> Silly dog. You know. Yeah. Oh, I do know. Like when he uh, comes over and drops it on my lap full of his slobber. <laughs> he's like, great. it's a present for you, AP. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Just for the record, if a, bird, if a uh, cat ever brings you like a bird or a mouse, it's saying that, oh, you're too stupid to provide for the family. So I have to provide for the family. I'm the man of the house now. And you're like, easy cat. Cats. So you were laying on your bedroom floor. Yeah. And like, I was so little and I was like, I don't know what this God thing is, but like, I know you're there. Yeah. So when I was really little, it's interesting of how like when people have a horrible relationship with the dads, Mm -hmm. they're like, oh, well, if he's my heavenly father, he's probably a jerk. Oh, yeah. Um, And I never had that. Yeah. That never really crossed my mind. So I like how Pastor Justin from uh, Dude A Church put it. Mm-hmm. Who is God? Who is God being for you right now? Because the Apostle Paul says that you need to. Uh, he's such a dork. <laughs> he's just chewing on it like a dork with his face up in the air. Yeah. Um, as Pastor Justin puts it, um, well, I'm sorry. As Apostle Paul put it, you know, we need to be all things to all people. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever they, whatever you need them to be to love them the right way, that's what you need to be right now, yeah. which is not easy. Right. Um, so that's kind of what Pastor Justin was getting at. Um, so in him saying that, I, you know, my experience at that point was that was my dad that I could run to no matter what. Yeah. Even when, I'm not going to rip on my dad, we'll say even when my dad was having a bad day. Yeah. Um, so I, I really looked up to my brother a lot, um, but then I learned key things about my brother that I didn't appreciate. Mm-hmm. Again, I love my brother, and I think that that's why I found these things disappointing. Yeah. Because I looked up to my brother so much. I still love my brother no matter what. You found out he was human. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and that's the thing. Like, I know that everybody's human, but there's certain things that just really shatter your view right. of people. Mm-hmm. So there's the key... When I was a teenager, there were those things. So at that point in time... God is kind of like my big brother mm-hmm. that we could do anything yeah. together. You know, even if we, even if I was mad at him about something, you know, mm-hmm. I, uh oh, what's Baxter doing now? Oh, okay. Baxter needs water. Anyways. So when I was a teenager, he was, you know, like my big brother. And then... It was when I was 21 and I had that experience in my car that he kind of, be, you know, he became my savior. Um, and then all the stuff with my ex happened and I would say he became my, honestly, like my, my punching bag. Um, and I mean that like in a good way, you know, like you have 
So he was like your stress relief. Yeah. 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 Like there was this dude, Michael Lorenz, that I used to hang out with. Super cool dude. And I like how he put it. You just need that one friend that you can throw up on. Yeah. yeah emotionally. Yeah. You yeah, know? yeah. That like that's like that's what God was for me through that whole entire thing. Like he was the punching bag. He was the friend. I he was the friend were, I could throw up. You were on. lamenting. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Um. And then after that, it was. Uh, well, then there's my whole car accident, but we're not going to get into that one. That one still makes me... We're not going to get into that because of who I met at that one dude's group. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think legally I shouldn't talk about that <laughs> oh right my, now. Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> Anyways. So, I think at one point, um started learning about political stuff, and so I, then God became my sanity. There you go. Um because I don't care what side of politics you're on. It's all, all that stuff is insane. And uh, it's not what God wants. Yeah. And I stand by that statement because when you look at uh, the Israelites, um, God was faithful. He got them out of Egypt. And once they were out of Egypt, he, um, he said, yeah, once they were in the promised land, he said to them, you know, I'm going to be your king. You don't want an earthly king. We don't want to set up a political system of government. I'm gonna be your. I'm gonna be your king. You'll have the priests, the Levites, and everything like like that as your human leaders. Mm-hmm. But they all turn to me. Yeah. I'm your king, and they're like, "But God, we want an earthly king." He's like, "Okay, here, well, here's King Saul. Good luck. You're gonna need it." Yeah. Because he's human. Right. I mean, King David was literally the greatest king to ever walk this earth, and he murdered his best friend, and took his wife. Mm-hmm. That's pretty messed up. For sure. You know, even literally the greatest king to walk this planet. A, as it said, a, a man after God's own heart. Right. He did those things. So that is who God has been to me throughout the years. And that's my little rant on politics. I don't care what side <laughs> you're on. Human beings are human beings are in D.C. That's all that I'm going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um I just want your perspective. Do you feel like it's a one-time choice or a choice every day or a choice multiple times a day to honor and follow God? Um, I think I have a twofold answer because I know that there's many different schools of thought. I can't remember what types of uh, denominations believe it, but like I'm of the philosophy, once you're saved, you're always saved. Yeah. I really do believe that. Once you have that relationship, oh, Baxter, thank you so much. <laughs> So, not that anybody knows what the interior of my house looks like, but he's currently underneath <laughs> the kitchen table next to the window, just kind of staring out of it. And I don't know how he's going to get out of here. Because <laughs> he's not the best at backing up. He's going up. to have to go in reverse. Yeah. Yes. But anyway, so um, I, I do believe that uh, once you're saved, you're always saved. And um, yeah, I don't know. I really don't think that, that God would... I think that's why I phrased it a little different. That's yeah, why I said yeah. To honor and follow. Yeah. So I think that once you make that one-time commitment to say, God, you are my God, mm-hmm. um, in that respect, you're golden. The other the other side of it, um, I, I think that every, every single moment of, of everything, oh, oh, okay, he's just going to go underneath <laughs> the table and shove me out of the way to get out of there. Okay, that oh, sounds good. Coming around my way. Um Every single moment of every single day. Because, I mean, there's there's moments at work where I get mad and I'm not perfect. I just start swearing at the computer because of the fact that the thing's so frustrating. And the, 
we're using this new system at work in the long run it is going to be better but we're still working out a lot of the kinks to make it better once we get past those things are going to be a lot better off but we're not there yet is the problem so point being um every single moment of every single day especially in the heat of the moment because like mm-hmm. it's those times where i'm like okay i just got to get up and go for a walk right you know because i i know i have an image to maintain and you know from a professional standpoint i don't want to tarnish that because of the fact that computers being a piece of crap you know right so the point is like even in those moments or like when somebody makes me mad at work i just gotta get up walk away make the right decision and then come back to it and make the right decision after my anger subsides yeah yeah um what would you recommend to others who are going through a hard time or who feel like unloved or abandoned Oh, boy. I think that uh, being prepared is the big thing. Because, I mean, like, you can't anticipate the unexpected, but you can still prepare prepare for it, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is, like, have your friendships. Yeah. And work on them. Make sure that, like, I... I'm not going to say who, but you probably know who I'm talking about. I have this one friend that, like, he never gets a hold of me anymore. I always find myself getting a hold of him. And he's like, well, what do you want? I'm like, I just want to talk, man. Yeah. And then he's, like, confused by that. So, like, work on your friendships. Yeah. So that when... And a good lesson that I learned is work on the friendships... Where people are there for you. Even if they're the more, I guess you would say, annoying friends. Or the more difficult friends to have at times. But if the, if they're loyal. Like, um, I heard a story of, you know, you, you have the one friend that's a lot of fun. Wants to party. Wants to have a good time. Wants to play games. And then you have the one friend that, like, he's a little weird. But he always comes through. That's me. But like, no, you're, you're both. I'm both. You're both. I'm both. We have so much fun together, but you always come through, huh? But I'm like also pretty weird. Yeah, but that's what makes you awesome. <laughs> okay. That's why we work. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Fo- seriously, focus more on that friendship. Yeah. You'll always have people to go out and drink with, which, I mean, that's not good anyways, in my opinion. But like. It's easy to find shallow friends like that. Find the friends that, like, they won't go away. When you're moving, they're there. They're always there to help you and focus on those people, even if they're a little bit more difficult to get a hold of and spend time with. Those are the people that, that, you, that you should have in your life so that you're prepared, I say that kind of sarcastically, for when these really hard things happen. And also, um, I would say educate yourself on understanding, like, you do need people like um oh what book did i read fatherless generation i can't remember the the name of the author but there's a book called fatherless generation it's about how street gangs are on the rise because kids don't have dads yeah now i'm not saying this from a political standpoint because i hate it whenever people take things like this out of context and think it's political there's nothing political about what i'm saying the fatherless i'm sorry the single parent rate 
for the African-American community is that 70%. They're easy for pre- for predatory gangs. Well, like in Arizona, there's a massive gang um, with a lot of... Uh, a lot of like Mexican kids and black kids end up in this gang because um, a lot of them don't have fathers in their lives. They end up in this gang because, well, they don't have dads. And these gang leaders know, like, it's a weird catch-22 because these gang leaders really do love these kids. Right. And they actually do love, they really do love them. And they see, oh, this kid needs a male role model in their life. The problem is that it's a gang leader. And so they eventually get them into doing things that they shouldn't. They genuinely care for them. They give them clothes. They, you know, they give them food. They put clo- They put a roof over their head. But the problem is what they eventually start doing. Yeah. So I think the big thing is be educated on it. Be educated on yourself. Understand yourself so that you don't turn to a gang or drinking or doing drugs or something. And, re- and also feel your feelings. Like, yeah. I'm mad. I want to go punch something. Why am I mad? Oh, wow, that's a really good reason to be mad. You know? <laughs> right. Learn. It, it's okay to know you. Yes. You know? So that's, that would be my advice for, for people. Be, be prepared by knowing yourself and be prepared by having good friendships in your life. And what advice would you give to people who are supporting others going through a divorce? Things to say and not to say. Don't ever tell them you're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Tim Pelkey. Um, <laughs> Tim, I love you, but you know my response. I, seriously, I love Tim Pelkey. He went through a really ugly divorce, too. And I was talking to him one time. He's like, you're going to be fine. I'm like, I know. I'm sick of being fine, though. I want to be great. Yeah, and you're like, I'm not fine yet. <laughs> and, and that's the point. Yeah. Like, I'm not fine. I'm not yeah. even fine, but I want to be great. I, I'm not even at that point yet. Yeah. So, like, don't ever tell somebody, you're going to be fine. Now, um, I want to interrupt and say we know everyone comes at us with the utmost love, and it's an awkward situation, and they don't know what to say, so they're trying to say something nice. But yeah. I think that to the person who is hurting and feels like they've been ripped in half, that you know, these, these statements are rough. Mm-hmm. So try to avoid oh, no. saying, sure. saying these things and what is the right thing to say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I find it funny, like when he's doing it, you just grab his head. Yep, that's, yeah, that's true. Um, okay, so um, let's hear what other advice for people that are... Um, like, I love my buddy Jim and... Uh, I mean, even he, he's like, dude, you were so annoying at one point. And I'm like, yeah. And, you know, the, I love telling this story because it's, it's funny because it's true. So the, the gospel according to How I Met Your Mother. Yes. Um, at one point in the show, Barney, who's like the woman, womanizer played by... Uh, Neil Patrick name? Harris. Yeah, Neil Patrick Harris. He, um, he's dating the, that stripper. Uh, I can't remember her name. But he's dating the stripper. And so, like, he wants every single night to be epic. He wants to keep going out with um, uh, Ted... And Ted's like, dude, like, I know I'm single, but I'm not in the mood. Why does every night have to be epic? He's like, I'm dating a stripper. He's like, what's your point? He's like, no, I'm dating a stripper. I can't sleep at night. Yeah. And so, like, I just want those to know, those people to know, like, they're going to be annoying. But you got you got to remind yourself, their wife left them. Their husband beat them. Mm-hmm. They're not okay. Yeah. So just being there, right? Just genuinely yeah. being there with them. Well, I mean, that's the big thing. Like, I, 
like somebody has a baby, you know, rightfully so. People do like the food train and stuff and mm-hmm. do all the meal prepping for them and help them in that way. Do the exact same thing for the people that are going through the divorce. Because no offense to the people who had the baby, the person in the divorce needs it more. Yeah. I, I also like it when people kind of act like divorce is the plague. And they're like, oh, I'm going to catch it. <laughs> don't get any on me. <laughs> you know, yeah. people probably don't realize they're doing that. But so many times, like if you are a couple, part of a couple, and you hung out with a, that couple that now is apart, like they seem to distance themselves from you. Yeah. And it's like, I know it's hard. And they're just like, oh, whose side am I going to take or whatever? It's like, just yeah. be there. Just be the friend that you were before the divorce happened. Yeah. So now, with that, I would like to give a few, like, shout-outs and honorable Ooh. mentions to people that deserve it. <laughs> yeah. Um, when I was going through stuff... So- oh, okay. Baxter. Baxter said shout? What? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Baxter, you get an honorable mention for not pooping in my house. Um, so... Uh, I'm listening. I know. It's just funny that you're like shoving a tennis ball in his face. Um, so honorable munch number one is definitely the Boom Smuts. Um, I didn't even know them before my ex left. They never met my... Are you taking him for a while? For I was a, just taking him out real quick. Go uh, ahead. Okay. Kayla, Kayla's taking him outside. She'll be back in a second, everyone. Um, so definitely the Boom Smuts because like, I didn't know them when... Oh, it's raining out. Be safe. Um, Even though I didn't know them, and they never met my ex, thank God, um, they were always there for me. Like, even if they didn't have any idea what to do, they were just like, we're here. We want to help. If you need anything, please, for the love of God, you know, let us know. Um, So, Boom Smiths. You guys are amazing. I love you. Thank you for being who you are. Um, the next one would be... Um, oh my gosh, why can't I remember his name? What is wrong with me? He's one of the... El- Dave Hernandez. I was uh, at one of the Alpha Retreats. And... Uh, <laughs> it was making Baxter dance. Oh boy. Um, I was at one of the Elf retreats and uh, we were like having just like a time of prayer and stuff and we were just, you know, it was a very Holy Spirit led moment and Dave comes up to me and he's like, AP, this is before I met Kayla and he's like, AP, I don't know why I'm saying this right now, but God wants me to tell you, you're valuable, you have a lot to offer. You're really special, and someone's going to see that. So thank you, Kayla. <laughs> I do see that. For being that person. <laughs> and thank you, Dave Hernandez, for saying that to me. Uh, the next one was uh, somebody that I was a co-host in Alpha with. Uh, her name was Heather. I can't remember her last name. But like, I was still playing in the worship at church, and she just came up to me and was like, I'm not really one to be like this, but God wants me to tell you he he knows your heart be patient somebody's on the way and i'm like <laughs> okay and this was within like days of each other Aww. and then i was in the office at church mm-hmm. and julie boomsmo is talking to me going back to that yeah. thank you an honorable mention and she's like you know we were praying as a family and ap god has someone so special ready for you and you're gonna meet them soon 
And that was like the March before I met you, I think. Nice. Something like all like all three of these conversations happened within like two weeks of each other, and I'm like, you're like, all right, oh, okay, <laughs> all right, I, it's I gonna happen. I'll just, I'll just be patient then. Yeah. I don't want to be, but I'll just be. Thank God I was patient. But anyways, <laughs> um, and you, of course, hon, you're so wonderful. Thank you. I love you. I love you too. You're so wonderful. You're so wonderful. You, you exist. See everyone. I exist. She exists. <laughs> I told you so. I think one last question to end it on a high note. Okay. So, what is your proudest moment? My proudest moment? Yeah. Oh, boy. That's uh, I don't your know. biggest accomplishment, if you'd like to place it that way. Um, well, I actually have achieved things in my life, haven't I? You have achieved um, quite a few. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. My biggest one? The biggest one. The one that you look back on, you're like, man, how did I do that? That's hard to say. I mean, when I was like in my prime of BMX, I, I there were some pretty cool moments mm-hmm. and some sweet tricks that I landed. Yeah. Like I did a. Uh, it was in front of my house. I, I built like a little like grinding box, nice. and I did a. Uh, a one eighty to ice pick, one eighty out. I don't think I'm ever gonna be able to pull that off again. Whatever, it's cool. Nice. Um, and that was on like my heaviest bike ever, which is a GT bump that weighed, uh, I think like nearly 60 pounds it was a tank um whereas my current bike weighs like 20 something pounds and Kay- seriously kayla your bike weighs like 22 pounds or something and it's amazing it's sitting nice. right there it's so pretty um, beautiful. i mean i did buy a house and i'm fixing it up myself that is an awesome thing yeah i, I was agree. gonna be a little surprised that a bmx move was your proudest accomplishment not, although though. you've like you know finished your master's degree and stuff no comment. Oh, okay. I'm happy that... Actually, I'm not going to lie. My master's degree hasn't done anything for me. It's still um, awesome that you completed it. Hey, speaking it. of Matt Booms, Matt, you're, uh, you're texting me right you're now. Blowing Apparently, up the phone. You need some demolition done, so <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll try to help you out with that if I can. Nice. It sounds like weekend. fun, though. Next weekend, demolition. I'll do my best. I can't make any <laughs> commitments because I have to go to work tomorrow, and it's a Saturday right now, so oh, I have boy. a six-day work week coming up. <laughs> Anyways. So about um, ending it on a high note. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I have three degrees, but I don't know. My master's hasn't done much of anything for me, if I'm being honest. I hope it does. But you did it. Yeah. But you completed it. I got it. it out of spite. But you still got it. That's true. Thank That's you. an awesome accomplishment. You know, I, I think my biggest accomplishment was when I was 16. Okay. You can ask my mom about this. Because, like, at first my mom was like, great, my son's nuts. And then, like, I did it. And she's like, oh, crap. He actually did it. <laughs> I built a box jump for, like, m- me and all my friends' bikes. Yeah. Um, We we were just at my parents' day. You know, like, that, that like... I the the pathway next to my parents' house to the creek. Yeah. We hit with the help of my friends. I designed and we built a uh, a box jump out of wood for us to ride, like all that we wanted. And at first, my parents were like, "What are you doing? What is wrong with you?" And then, like, it was done, and we were riding, and my parents were like, "Oh my gosh, you did that! Nice!" And so I was sixteen. I designed it myself. 
and I did most of the work, and like I did still have a bunch of other friends helping me, but like we built this thing. Tragically, one of my neighbors didn't like me. I'm not going to dox them or say who they are. <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> but they call the city and they're like, you can't have that. And, and we're like, why? They're like, reasons. reasons. And I'm like, it's literally within our property line. But you can't. So like the city came out and it was kind of nice because like the mayor is like, I don't want this thing taken down. They're not out doing drugs or getting hammered. Yeah. So the mayor was like, I don't want this thing taken down, but your compl- your neighbor's complaining too much. He actually sent a city worker to, to dismantle it. Nice. So, like, I was mad, but, like, you know, thank you, mayor and city worker who dismantled it. But, like, I I was 16, and, and that's what I did. Like, yeah. Because I'm a dork like that. You're awesome. You're awesome. Yeah. I love I love building stuff, and I don't know why I'm like what that. What are carpenter. you like? Are you like an engineer? Do you design that? <laughs> oh, okay. It's another point. Okay. But yes, you're 100 <laughs> correct. Sounds. Good. I think if my house actually gets done one of these days, I still have a lot of stuff to do in this house. Maybe I'll be proud of myself for like literally fixing up an entire house top to bottom myself. Yeah. I shouldn't awesome. say that. You've helped. Yeah. Barely. But you've helped. You're awesome. This you're awesome. That's the whole, the whole point here. <laughs> You're awesome. That's all my questions. We'll find them. Happy 100th episode. Yes. Happy 100th episode, everyone. Woo! Go tell all your friends. Share it. For the love of God, please. I literally don't know who listens to this podcast <laughs> because I don't know how to check on iTunes. How many people download it? Oh, boy. But please do me a favor. Head on over to iTunes. Give us a review. Share it with your friends on all your socials. Screenshot <laughs> it. Put it on Instagram. I don't know. All the above. Awesome. When was the last time you listened to this podcast, hon? That's not the point. But no, like, I ask because, <laughs> no, like, none of my family listens to it. Don't worry. I'm just wondering because, like, do you know the right way for us to end it? No, I when don't. When we go out on something? No. Do you, you don't remember that? Because I know you listen to the podcast. Yeah. Okay, so, like, for those that don't know, we, at church, after our, as, as Joe calls it, the pre-show fist fight, we put our hands in the middle, and then, like, instead of shouting something, we whisper it okay. on the count of three. Because when the church was first going, we didn't have walls. It was literally just the warehouse. Yeah. And we walked in, and that was it. Yeah. And so um, we couldn't, like, shout things. Well, I wasn't there. I've, I've only been going to second place for, oh, yeah, I've been going there for a while. I've been going there for five years now. So um, we didn't want to, like, disturb the congregation and stuff so like they would put their hands in the middle and they'd whisper it so like that just stuck around and that's what we do so that's how we end our podcast we okay. say it's going in on something so like we always come up with something stupid so what do you want to go in on Kayla? I don't know we could I know what you want to go in on <laughs> okay what's your favorite Marvel character? my favorite Marvel character? yeah Groot yeah. Yeah. So on the count of three, we're going to whisper, I am Groot. Okay. One, two, three. I am Groot.